Hello, and welcome to 30 Days of Grim. In today's episode, we'll find out what a stepmother will go to to make sure that she's the fairest in all the land. And remember, kitties, don't forget to lock your door and don't let strangers in because three times a charm. Listen to it in episode 16, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Once upon a time, in midwinter, when snowflakes were falling like feathers from the sky, a queen sat sewing at her window, and her embroidering frame was made of fine black ebony. As she was sewing and looking out at the snow, she pricked her finger with the needle, and three drops of blood fell upon the snow. The red looked so lovely on the white snow that she thought to herself, I wish I had a child as white as snow as red as blood and as black as the ebony of my embroidering frame. Soon after, she had a little daughter who was as white as snow, her cheeks as red as blood and her hair as black as ebony and she was called Snow White. But when the child was born, the queen died. A year passed and the king took another wife. She was a handsome woman, but proud and haughty and she could not bear the thought that she should be surpassed in beauty by anyone. She had a magic mirror, and she used to stand before it and look at herself and say, Magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? And the mirror answered, Lady Queen, you are fairest of them all. She was then content, for she knew that the looking glass spoke the truth. Snow White grew up and became ever fairer, and when she was seven years old, she was as beautiful as the clear day, and even more beautiful than the queen herself. And once when the queen asked her looking glass, magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? It answered, lady queen, you are fairest here I hold, but Snow White is fairer a thousandfold. The queen was shocked and turned yellow and green with envy. From that very hour, whenever she set eyes on Snow White, her heart heaved in her chest such was the hatred she bore for the little girl and envy and pride in her heart grew ever higher like a weed so that she knew no peace by day or night evermore one day she called a huntsman and said take the child away into the forest i can't bear the sight of her any more kill her and bring me back her heart as a token the huntsman obeyed and took snow white out when he drew his hunting knife and was about to pierce her innocent heart she began to cry Oh, dear huntsman, spare my life. I will run off into the wild woods and never come back again. And as she was so beautiful, the huntsman had pity on her and said, Run away then, poor child. He thought, The beasts will soon devour you. Nevertheless, he felt as if a stone had been rolled from his heart because he did not have to kill her himself. At that very moment, a young wild boar rushed out of the bushes, and so he pierced it and took its heart as a token to the queen. The cook had to boil it in salted water, and the wicked queen ate it up, believing it to be Snow White's. Now the poor child was quite forlorn in the big forest, and she was so terrified that she looked at every leaf of every tree and did not know what to do for herself. She began to run and ran over sharp stones and among thorns, and the wild beast came leaping past her but did her no harm. She ran as long as her feet would carry her until evening set in. Then she saw a tiny little house and went in to have a rest. 
Everything in the tiny house was small and neat and clean beyond description. A little table with a white cloth stood there, laid with seven little plates, and by each little plate a little spoon, and there were seven little knives and forks and seven little cups. Against the wall stood seven little beds, all in a row with snow-white counterpanes over them. Snow White was quite hungry and thirsty, so she ate some vegetables and bread from each plate and drank a drop of wine from each little cup, for she did not wish to take everything from one. Then being so very tired, she lay down in one of the little beds. She tried them all, but none was just right for her. One was too long, the other too short, until at last the seventh was just right. Here she remained, said her prayers, and fell asleep. When it got quite dark, the masters of the little house came back. They were seven dwarfs who dug and delved in the mountains for gold. They lit their seven little candles, and as it was now light in the house, they saw that someone had been there, for not everything was in the order they had left it. The first said, Who has been sitting in my chair? The second said, Who has been eating off my plate? The third said, Who has been taking some of my bread? The fourth said, Who has been eating my vegetables? The fifth, Who has been pricking with my fork? The sixth said, Who has been cutting with my knife? The seventh said, Who has been drinking out of my cup? Then the first looked round and saw a little hollow on his bed and said, Who has been treading on my bed? The others came running up and cried, Someone's been lying in mine too. But the seventh looked onto his own bed and saw Snow White lying there asleep. At once he called the others who came running up and cried out with great wonderment and having fetched their seven little candles, looked at Snow White. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, they cried, what a lovely child. And they were overjoyed and took care not to wake her, but her let her sleep on in the little bed. And the seventh dwarf slept with his companions, an hour with each in turn, till the night was over, and thus he passed the night. When morning came and Snow White awoke, she saw the dwarves and was frightened, but they were most kind and said, What is your name? My name is Snow White, she replied. Well, how do you come to be in our house, they asked. So she told them how her stepmother had wanted to have her killed, but the huntsman had spared her life, and she had run all day until at last she had come upon their little house. The dwarves said, If you will keep house for us, cook, make the beds, do the washing, sew and knit, and keep everything tidy and clean, then you can stay with us, and you shall have all you need. Yes, I will with all my heart, said Snow White. She stayed with them and kept their house in order. In the morning, they would go off into the mountains in search of gold. In the evening, they came back again, and then their supper had to be ready. Snow White was all alone the whole day, so the good dwarves warned her, saying, Beware of your stepmother. She will soon know that you are here, so let no one in. The queen, however, believing that she had eaten Snow White's heart, felt certain again that she was the most beautiful of all. So she went to her looking-glass mirror and said, Magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? The glass answered, Queen, you are fairest here I hold, but Snow White beyond the fells, who with the seven dwarves dwells, is fairer still a thousandfold. The queen was very angry, for she knew that the glass told no untruths, and she realized the huntsman had deceived her, and Snow White was still alive. So she pondered and pondered again how she might contrive to kill her, for as long as she herself was not the fairest in the land, her envious heart knew no peace. Finally, she thought of a plan. 
She painted her face and disguised herself as an old peddler and was changed beyond recognition. In this disguise, she went over the seven mountains to where the seven dwarfs dwelled, knocked on the door and cried, Fine wares for sale, fine wares for sale. Snow White looked out the window and sang out, Good day, my good woman. What have you got to sell? Good wares, fine sell, she answered, laces of all colors. And she pulled out one which was plated of bright colored silk. I may let the honest woman in, thought Snow White. She unbolted the door and bought the fine lace. Child, said the old woman, you do look a sight. Come, I will lace your bodice properly for once. Snow White thought of no mischief, but stood before her and let herself be laced with the new lace. But the old woman laced fast and laced so tight that Snow White lost her breath and fell down for dead. Now I am the fairest, said the queen to herself and hurried out. Not long after, toward eventide, the seven dwarfs came home, and how horrified they were to see their dear little Snow White lying on the ground. She neither moved nor stirred as if she were dead. They lifted her up, and seeing she was laced up too tight, they cut the lace, after which she began to breathe a little, and by and by came to life again. When the dwarfs heard what had happened, they said, The old peddler was no other but the wicked queen, so take care and let no one come in when we are not with you. When the vicious woman reached home, she went to the looking glass and asked again, Magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? And the mirror answered as before, Queen, you are fairest here, I told, but Snow White beyond the fells, who with, with the seven dwarves dwells, is fairer still a thousandfold. When she heard this, the blood rushed to her heart with spite and malice to hear that Snow White had come to life again. But now she said to herself, I will devise something that will make an end of you. And using her witch's skill, she made a poisoned comb. Thereupon she disguised herself again and put on the form of another old woman. She crossed the seven mountains to where the seven dwarves dwelled, knocked at the door and cried, Fine wares for sale, fine wares for sale. Snow White looked out and said, Just go your way, I must not let anyone in. But surely you are allowed to look, said the old woman, and she pulled out the poisoned comb and held it up. It pleased the maiden so well that she fell for her trickery and opened the door. They made a bargain, and the old woman said, Now I will comb your hair properly for once. Poor Snow White, suspecting no mischief, let the old woman have her way. No sooner had the woman stuck the comb into her hair than the poison in it took effect, and the maiden fell down in a dead swoon. You paragon of beauty, said the wicked queen. Now you are done for. And she went away. Fortunately, it was soon evening, and the seven dwarfs came home once again. When they saw Snow White lying as though dead on the floor, they at once suspected her stepmother, and they looked around and found the poison comb. No sooner was it pulled out than Snow White recovered her senses and told them what happened. Once again, they warned her to be on guard and not to open the door to anyone. At home, the queen stepped before the looking glass and said, Magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? It answered her as usual. Queen, you are fairest here, I hold, but Snow White beyond the fells, who with the seven dwarves dwells, is fairer still a thousandfold. When she heard the looking glass speak these words, she trembled and shook with rage. Snow White shall die, she cried, even if it cost me my life. Saying this, she went into a secret room where no one ever came and made the most poisonous apple 
Outside it looked lovely, white with rosy cheeks, so that anyone who saw it felt like eating it. But whoever ate it was doomed to die. When the apple was ready, she painted her face, and disguised as a peasant woman, crossed the seven mountains to the seven dwarves' dwelling place. She knocked, but Snow White put her head out of the window and said, I may not let anyone in. The seven dwarves have forbidden me. That's all right with me, answered the peasant woman. I will get rid of my apples anyway. Look, I will give you one. No, said Snow White. I mustn't accept anything. Are you afraid of poisoning, said the peasant? Look here, I shall cut the apple into two pieces. You eat the red side and I will eat the white. However, the apple was so cunningly made that the only red half was poisoned. Snow White looked at the lovely apple with longing eyes, and when she saw the peasant woman eat half of it, she could not refrain. She stretched out her hand and took the poisoned red half. No sooner had she taken a single bite than she fell down dead. The queen looked on with a ghastly expression, laughed exceedingly loud, and cried, White as snow, red as blood, black as ebony. This time the dwarves cannot wake you again. And once home, she asked the looking glass, Magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? And it answered at last, Lady queen, you are fairest of them all. Then her jealous heart was at rest, as far as a jealous heart can know rest. When evening came and the dwarves returned, they found Snow White lying on the ground. No breath passed her lips, and they saw she was dead. They lifted her up and looked to see if there was anything poisonous about. They unlaced her, combed her hair, washed her with water and wine, but she looked as fresh as one alive and still had her nice rosy cheeks. So they laid her on a bier and sat it near it, all of the seven of them, and they cried and bewailed her for three whole days. Then they proposed to bury her, but she looked as fresh as one alive and still had her nice rosy cheeks. So they said, we can never bury her in the dark earth. So they had a glass coffin made for her so that they could see her from all sides. They laid her in it and wrote upon it in golden letters her name, adding that she was a king's daughter. They placed the coffin outside on a hill, and one of them always stayed by and stood guard. And the birds came too and mourned Snow White, first an owl, then a raven, and lastly, a little dove. Now Snow White lay for a long, long time in her coffin, but she did not change and looked as though she were asleep. She was still as white as snow, her cheeks as red as blood, and her hair as black as ebony. One day, however, a prince appeared in the forest and came to the dwarf's home to stay the night. He had seen the coffin on the hill and the lovely Snow White in it and had read what was written in gold letters. Then he said to the dwarves, let me have the coffin. I will give you whatever you like for it. But the dwarves answered, we will not part with it for all the gold in the world. Then he said, so let me have it as your gift, for without Snow White to look on, I cannot live, and I will honor and revere her as my lady love. Since he spoke in this way, the good dwarves took pity on him and gave him the coffin. The prince had his servants carry it on their shoulders, but it happened that they stumbled over some tree stump, and with the shock, the poisoned apple piece that Snow White had bitten off fell out of her throat. It was not long before she opened her eyes, lifted the lid of the coffin, sat up and was alive again. Oh, goodness me, where am I? She cried. The prince, overjoyed, said to her, you were with me, and told her what happened. Then he said, I love you better than anything in the world. Come with me to my father's palace, 
and you shall be my wife. Snow White consented and went home with them, and their wedding was celebrated with great pomp and splendor. However, Snow White's wicked stepmother was also invited to the wedding feast. She decked herself out with fine clothes, stepped before the looking-glass mirror, and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? And the glass answered, Queen, you are fairest here, I hold, but the young queen is fairer a thousandfold. The evil woman uttered a curse, and at that moment felt so angry, so angry indeed, that she did not know what to do. At first she did not feel like going to the wedding at all, but she felt she could have no rest until she had seen the young queen. When she came in and saw that it was Snow White, she was seized with rage and terror and stood still and could not stir. But already they had put iron slippers over a coal fire, and these were brought in with tongs and placed before her. Then she was made to step into the red-hot shoes and dance until she dropped down dead.